you podcast fans. Hey, it's Danny here, you guys. We're back at it again with another episode, and we're back at it again with another episode about, you guessed it, Worldwide Dream Builders and Amway. You guys, I'm, I'm beginning to love this so much. Like, I loved it before, but I just love it so much more now because I've learned so many horrendous things about these two organizations and what they have done to people. And the more I get to talk about it and expose them, just the more that I hope that it helps other people. So with that being said, I am not here to defame Worldwide Dream Builders. I'm not here to defame Amway. I have beef with these two corporations. I don't support them. That being said, I also think that if you want to join, you're an adult, you are welcome to make your own decision. I would highly encourage you to listen to stories. Everything that I'm saying is based on personal opinions and personal experiences. I Every guest that I have comes on and speaks on their own personal experiences, their own opinions. And uh, yeah, don't sue me. You guys, I'm really excited. We have a regular who is back with us. It has been so long since we have had our good friend to the north. Uh, to the north for me, I know we have some folks a little bit of everywhere in the world at this point. Uh, to me, she's to the north. My first ever Canadian friend that ever came on the show. We have back with us Hope. You guys, she is growing an entire human. So we are so grateful that she even had the time to come here and be with us. So thank you so much, Hope, for coming back. Hello. Always happy to be here. Always a good time. I yeah. am really excited about this topic because what a great time yeah. to talk about it. I've had this question and I thought, who better to talk about it with than you? And that was, what was it like being pregnant while we were in Amway? And you being pregnant now, I think it's pretty cool that you kind of get to go back on your experiences at that point compared to now. And when it came to your time in Amway and, and worldwide and being pregnant, just kind of in a quick summary, like what are some words that come to mind? Like what emotions did you have throughout the entirety of your pregnancy and worldwide? I was tired. I was very tired <clears throat> throughout most of my pregnancy and worldwide. There is some like slight contrast. Like I didn't work while I was pregnant with my son and in worldwide. Um, this time I am working full time, but I'm also working remote. So that's fun. Um, but yeah, no, it was very tiresome. Um, a lot of expectations are on you because I don't know if everybody has experienced this but definitely in Alberta every woman was pregnant like all the time like there was like at least 20 percent of the women at every major function was like massively pregnant so there was like always this standard of like how you were supposed to handle yourself um how often you should go to the bathroom and walk around and you know do all these things because people that went before you that you know, they, they gritted through it and they were tough and, you know, it's, <clears throat> there was just a lot of expectations that I don't have this time. And I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you make a really good point because I always hated having to get up and pee regardless, but getting up to go to the bathroom when I was pregnant was just a little something extra. I don't, I mean, obviously you're growing an entire human, you're, you're expanding as the time goes. And it just gets harder and harder to want to get up and go. But then there's still that almost criticism that you get for doing it. Like the whole way that they view going to the bathroom in general is like ridiculous. But especially while you're pregnant, they, they talk about your upline. While I was pregnant, my upline was also pregnant. Like my like largest pins were all pregnant at the same time. 
the club owner's wife, the Syrian guy's wife, and I call her Brittany. Um, she is the daughter to my upline, John and Barbara. That's their their daughter-in-law. These it was a platinum, the emerald, the diamond. They were all pregnant at the same time. And I was pregnant around this time too. And you're right. You did have this expectation of the graceful way that they're walking around while they're pregnant. Well, you're the one who's trying to not go to the bathroom and throw up. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> they didn't talk about that. I never heard about them being like have morning sickness or any type of sickness at all. But I'm sure they did. But you can't pass negative downline. Uh, yeah, no, I, I hated um, being pregnant. Like I hated being pregnant the first time. Um, mostly because like I am neurodivergent too. So like I have a lot of issues with sensory change and a lot of things were changing in my body really fast and I wasn't used to it. Um, but there's like almost a shame around, um, not liking being pregnant, even though there is such a difference between hating your pregnancy and hating being pregnant. They're not the same thing. Right. You know? So, but they treat it as if it's the same thing. Like you're ungrateful for your pregnancy and that's yeah. not what you're to say you're just saying I'm uncomfortable because my body is ballooning out faster than I was expecting it to like yeah like so much rapid change happens and nobody really prepares you for that and nobody's no. really ever honest about what happens during pregnancy they're just like oh it's beautiful you glow you get a little baby it's a beautiful time you know you only get to do it a handful of times and I love it and you know I never really got to hear the dark sides of pregnancy which is what I experienced you know I had I didn't have any complications which I was really lucky for but I was in a lot more pain than the average person because I had something called symphonous pubis dysfunction which is like it's called SPD which is basically my pubis bone was separating faster than it was supposed to which you can't walk because what triggers it is the movement of your legs being shifted off. So like walking upstairs or like just walking in general. Yeah. So yeah, walking into major functions, stairs and major functions, um, sitting for long periods of time. So like any board plans, any major functions were just like extremely brutal. Like, and Again, you don't want to get up and walk around because it's disrespectful to the speaker. Yes, so. which is so crazy to me because the amount of disrespect that they've given. <laughs> uh. But but I think you bring up a good point. I also hated being pregnant no. my first time and my second time. I love my babies, but they both came at a time that I was not prepared for. And both of them came from very toxic relationships. And I think that probably added into why my pregnancies were so, I, I, I guess, traumatic emotionally for me. Um, but also, like, again, those changes like you talked about, I liked feeling my baby kick because I knew he was alive. Mm -hmm. I also didn't like it. It was very uncomfortable. It was weird. It kind of grossed me out every time. I was right there with you. I did not find pregnancy to be beautiful. I really just, I liked, once I got okay with the idea of being pregnant both times, yeah. um, I was like, oh, I get, a, I get a human after this. Like, this is fine. Yep. And then they don't talk to you about, like, how painful breastfeeding is. 
that was painful. I didn't fucking know that. Nobody, they're like, oh, it's easy. Like, my baby just did it. it. What do you mean? So bad. Like, it hurts. It hurts so bad. I remember, I still like, my midwife was like great because she gave me like, because I ended up having a C section, but she gave me like all my transcripts from like all my time, all my visits with her, all my time in the hospital. And like, I was looking at like, her notes and it was talking about like how my nipples looked after breastfeeding it was like bruised cracked and purple and like she was like good like this is how it's supposed to happen and I was like reading over these notes and I was like this is this is what it's supposed to be this is being a human food machine like this is crazy breastfeeding was a whole different ballgame yeah it was hard and and they don't talk about that though like I never knew it was going to be painful with my first child there was no lactation consult in the hospital I went to was shit it was a military post um but it was like it was not a good experience the whole thing was horrible I had shitty nurses they were all assholes I hated my midwife I loved my surgeon doctor she was great but there was just no help there's no lactation consultant so our pediatrician was like, you need to stop trying. Your son's not gaining weight. Like, this, yeah. okay. And I was like, okay, I was shamed for it, but it was whatever. The second time while I was in Worldwide, I have this like vision of like, okay, I'm going to do it this time. And I had a lactation consultant and there was this expectation that it was going to happen. And mm-hmm. then because of a major function, I was not able to be on that point. Because one thing, again, they don't fucking tell you is, yes, there is a room for pumping, but you have to get up from your seat. That's usually in the middle of the fucking aisle. You have to walk. I was recovering from a C-section. This was three days afterwards. And up and down stairs and go down to this room where you're sure you've got your curtains off, but it's weird. Nursing room. I remember this room. Oh, my goodness. Yes where you pump and it was just uncomfortable <clears throat> and who wants I mean honestly like who wants to get up that much I was we were there for hours oh my gosh yeah no I the thing is is Rianne would always do it so if we were in the middle of a board plan um and she was not directly postpartum because she had four kids and we watched we watched her have three we mean I mean she like had three while we were in the business wow um, so we saw like that she would leave for like an hour of the board plan to go pump. So it wasn't necessarily like frowned upon, but it was like where like I only ever saw her go. <laughs> so I was like, you know, that's my upline diamond. It's like it's not just another cross line. Like I yeah. wasn't gonna ask the person who was hosting the board plan, hey, do you have a private room I can just like go into? And I don't want to take exactly. the bathroom up for an hour. You know what I mean? So it was like, I remember missing out on pumping um, during a board, my first board plan back, which was in January 2020. So like a month after I had my son, it was just very random and just not very planned to cater to us, if that makes sense. And it should have been more. Yeah. And you wouldn't dare expose a boob. You no god no that is so, horrendous you would not yeah. like the, oh god it's it's insane the way that mm. like yeah the diamonds were privileged they had so many different options for pumping and and of course the, the guests were going to make sure that they specifically were taken care of whereas us at the functions the rooms were big 
It was really awkward. There were sometimes wasn't even availability to sit down and do it. And you're sitting there, you're not supposed to be doing anything that's not worldwide specific. So you couldn't watch YouTube videos. You couldn't be like, you know, you just kind of had to sit there and stare at a wall and you're supposed to do this every two hours. During a major function, that's not fucking possible. They don't even like it when you go to the bathroom every four hours. Like it was just not feasible. But so with worldwide and pregnancy, it is such an interesting perspective because it is different than being pregnant, I guess, maybe in quote the real world or the regular lifestyles that we have today. Mm-hmm. So when you first found out that you were pregnant, um, were you guys anticipating you getting pregnant? Like, was that something you guys planned for? No. Straight <laughs> up, <laughs> no. Uh, we didn't plan on it. Um, but we weren't not planning on it either. Yeah. We were, like, married for a while at that point, like, nine months. Um, but we were young. We were 23. So we're still young parents when I first got pregnant um but yeah no we definitely weren't planning on it It wasn't something I planned on doing yet but it wasn't something I was not going to do if that makes sense like I was still willing to do that but what was it like taking that information to your upline how far along were you when you did tell your upline I was I found out that day and we told our upline that day and I was like four weeks (laughs) very early right away (laughs) I quit smoking in January of 2019 and then I started smoking again in February of 2019 and then my period was kind of irregular when I quit smoking because that just happens when you put that stress on your body so then my period just wasn't coming and I was like oh okay it's just because I'm I quit smoking a few months ago and my body's just trying to get back on track and right and then I I remember because this is kind of a spicy story is I was smoking a cigarette and I stomped on it and walked into the walk-in clinic to go get my pregnancy. (laughs) (laughs) I was like oh it's not good um but yeah no and then the test came back positive and I was like oh I thought it was just like an irregular period thing like yeah um but nope there's a whole ass baby so yeah (laughs) love the beginning that's hilarious like I know it was it was honestly like one of the biggest struggles I've ever had in my entire life was quitting smoking it was like it's it's a horrible time and the first time I did that January was like super difficult and of course I'm praised for it by my upline and everything like quitting smoking is good for you I'm not telling you it's not good for you but I'm not telling you it's easy and especially right, right. when it was masking a lot of the underlying mental health issues that I had. Right. Um, and then they started to like come out and I went, oh, I can't quit smoking yet. And then I got pregnant and then I had to quit smoking. <laughs> so I was right. like, oh, this is like a very nerve wracking time because um, for lack of a better term, I'm raw dogging life. Like I can't just like, you know, smoke a cigarette. I can't have a drink. I can't smoke weed. Like I can't do anything that I want to do to be able to forget about anything. And I think that was right. like a really hard thing for me initially getting pregnant was the mental health battle that I was actually masking through drugs and alcohol that I didn't know I was masking through drugs and alcohol, if that makes right. sense. It does, especially being in worldwide where you're not really allowed to have those feelings too. Like 
that's the sad part about it. I'm trying to think of like when I sold my upline because I actually was on this kind of really strange hiatus from Worldwide when I got pregnant because basically what happened was my bitch ass upline, fucking Jenny. Um, so they were, they, they, which you guys know my story already, which Hope already does, but they very much coerced, not, I guess coerced might not be the right word, but they very much encouraged me to get back with my abuser. And I was going down to this, uh, this area, fucking six hours away, one direction, going down there. I was getting my DV classes to get back in a relationship with him, whatever. Right. Well, during this time, this motherfucker was uh, cheating on me and he told Jenny, and you know who withheld that information for a whole fucking month while I was still driving? That bitch-ass Jenny. She told me when we fucking sat down at a Starbucks, okay? So this happened in June. And I, a month later, like, my significant other, like, basically, he really did coerce me out of my birth control. It was, like, talking me into getting rid of it, giving me every excuse to do it, kind of, at some point, threatening me. Like, it was bad. So... I got off my birth control, immediately got pregnant. And so during that time, I did not fucking trust worldwide. I did not trust worldwide. So I was on this weird hiatus. So at some point after that, I did tell my upline that I was pregnant. And their reaction was very, like, awkward <laughs> because I wasn't married. I didn't have the significant other who was in worldwide. It was very much, I would imagine, the same way that a very religious parent would look at their teenage daughter, despite the fact that I was 25. Yeah, they were very, like, happy for us, and they were like, let's just work on getting Hope free now so she doesn't have to go back to work after having the baby. Wild. And at the time, that is what I wanted. Like, yeah, you know, that's a part of the reason why I joined was so I could be a stay-at-home mom. I don't want that now, but... Um, it's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And financially now, oh man, oh, it's like, it's like, do you want to work 135 hours a week, 24 seven on call, no breaks and make no money? Cause that's what your life is as a stay at home mom. And I, I didn't want that. Yeah, no, I just, it didn't make sense. I don't want it now. It made sense at the time, but yeah, of course, um, yeah, that's all they said was just working on getting me free. And we were like kind of panicking about it as we were like 23 years old. So yeah, it was just, it was a very weird time. They were like I bet. surprisingly supportive. I didn't think they were going to be. I thought they were going to be like, oh, we didn't plan on this, you know? like <laughs> Yeah, I'm so. happy that they were though, because I, were you at all afraid to tell your upline that you were pregnant? Oh, slightly yeah like I was like um I knew it wasn't part of our plan like our five-year plan or whatever yeah to get pregnant when I did because we wanted me to at least be retired um before I got pregnant but at the time like I wanted four kids before 30 was my goal so I was like I gotta start now I'm 23 um yeah if I want to have four kids by the time I'm 30 this is the time to start so I want to start now and uh it made sense but they didn't like that idea they weren't really on board with it so I was slightly scared to tell them for sure which is really interesting that Mm -hmm. they really had this hold over us 
where they thought they could control our fertility, whether that was we were having babies, we were not having babies, we were discouraged from having kids, you need to wait till you go platinum or above or diamond or like the club owner's wife. She's like, we waited till we got into diamond qualification. It's like, bitch, I don't think you did. I don't think you knew you're going to be in diamond qualification. Yeah. You just happened to, it just happened to happen at the same time. Yeah. And that is really frustrating. A lot like prior to this, um, we were talking about miscarriages and stuff because they, yeah. they they told me not to tell anybody until I was a certain amount along. But I said, I'm, I don't care. I'm going to tell people when I'm comfortable telling people. So yeah, I started telling people around, I think like, I want to say 10 weeks, which is still pretty far along, like yeah. considering, you know, because you have to wait till you're 12 or 13 or something. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to start telling people. And my upline like pulled me aside and was like, you're not supposed to tell people until you're in your second trimester. And I was like, what difference does it make? Right. Like at this point, like I have just like, I think it was like one or 2% chance more of miscarrying than I would have miscarried in three weeks. Like, I'm just going to start telling people because if I do miscarry, it's a conversation that we should be having. Right. And it's okay to have these conversations but they definitely didn't want me passing negative downline or cross line. Yep. Which so, is dumb. Very dumb. Especially when like that type of vulnerability can really help other women. Yes. So. We were just talking about that too. Like yeah. you said, like it, it, we were like kind of speculating, like how many women were going through that when we were at a major function and they couldn't tell us, they yeah. could not confide in another woman and say, like, if you ask them, like, how's it going? They had to quite literally say, I'm doing great. When, it could have happened last night. It could have happened that morning. It could have happened at any point in time where they are sincerely struggling yeah. and not even their up. I mean, I can't say for everybody's upline, but I would imagine by the amount of stories that I heard now, I can't fucking imagine a single upline being actually genuinely supportive during that time. I no. can't see it. Um, very gut wrenching to think about that. But you're right. I, it's it's okay to have these conversations when you're ready to. You know, like we shouldn't make people feel uncomfortable or unsafe and make them feel like they can't have that conversation. Because yeah. I'm sure I've never gone through it, so I, I can't speak to that. Mm -hmm. But I would imagine that you know, at some point, I'm sure it would want to be discussed. I know that you know people that I know in my personal life, they'll take a certain amount of time and grieve and do what they need to do for themselves, but then they'll make a Facebook post about it or they'll make a TikTok or they'll do something to come out and talk about it because they feel they need to. And Worldwide never gives us that choice, ever. Yeah, yeah. and I, I know um, Rianne, the way that she carried, she started showing really early. So she, we found out when she was pregnant with her fourth baby, when she was only four weeks because she was already oh, showing wow. like her uterus was already bumping out because there's a baby in there and um so we found out very early with her and I remember being like but what if she was to miscarry like how would that be handled and like how much faith can you have in thinking that you were going to carry that to term like with you know what I mean yeah so it was um, it's a weird time because I know Mary, like Dawn and Mary, I know Mary had two miscarriages, but she, I think that's when she had cancer, like very recently. So, um, 
but they're really secretive about it even my upline struggled with fertility and we didn't really know their whole story not that we should um some people were not really comfortable telling us but it was like an underlying thing of like you felt like you couldn't talk to them about a lot of your feelings and a lot of your thoughts that you had during pregnancy because they were struggling to get pregnant too so yeah going off topic a little bit but they um I know that they struggled for a long time um to get pregnant and when I was scared or in pain or not really enjoying myself and pretending I didn't want to throw up and I was exhausted and like all these things all I could imagine was how sad she was that she couldn't get pregnant naturally you know and it was just a really sad situation Um, yeah and I wish I felt more comfortable she never made me feel that way you know what I mean sure yeah underlying for sure um just not to talk to her about it (laughs) so right um but I mostly talked to Rianne throughout my whole pregnancy because she was the only person I knew in my upline that was pregnant ever so yeah that was uh she was a different she's a lot of she had a weird like bunch of pregnancies so but yeah she uh I think she like did two one hospital birth one birth center and then two home births so oh wow yeah it was very weird that's interesting I think it's I mean hey whatever I guess whatever choices and options you have you know I mean that's amazing and I'm glad that they get to do that but I I think you're right there is this stigma that they they do it in a way that's very it's indirect it's never like you cannot have this conversation sometimes sometimes it is but it's very much that well I wouldn't have that conversation which kind of tells you okay I can't talk about this they didn't directly say that they wouldn't or that you couldn't but they're saying that they wouldn't which ultimately says I have to duplicate that I can't have that conversation and that really puts you in a weird spot and when I was pregnant so my first pregnancy I had of course outside of worldwide which at that time I also I was like 18 19 years old this was a shit show I was you know I was a baby it was a really crazy environment um but even back then like you know, the support that you have is very, very important. And as much as I want to think that my upline were supportive of me, it wasn't there. Because you're right, you can't have those like conversations of, I'm really feeling this way right now. Something about this isn't okay with me right now. And you have a right to break down and say whatever the fuck you want. But you can't. Yeah. And it was like, I had a lot of fear around becoming a parent just because like I was it makes sound kind of weird but like I'm not naturally very nurturing I'm not either yeah so I was like very nervous to kind of um learn that part of me and a lot of people said it would come to me instinctively to be a nurturing parent Uh, it didn't uh just a heads up it was very difficult to try to figure out a person um but I remember that was another thing this is just a side note on their misogyny and their beliefs <laughs> in that sense is they just believed women were built one way and that yeah. they, you, you couldn't have any other feelings or thoughts outside of that so 
they were like, of course you're nurturing, of course you're loving, of course you're all these things. And I was very like struggled to become that because I wasn't naturally that way. I am now, I'm more nurturing and more loving than I was four years ago, but it was a hard transition and I couldn't even speak about that because they made me feel like that should have been an instinct and I didn't have that instinct. But that's not fair to put that on you. I think your emotions here are totally valid. And again, you are bringing up so many conversations that, I mean, I, my parents never even had these conversations with me. You know, I I was very similar to you. I love that we have this in common because I've never really talked to anybody who struggled. It took me, I want to say three months to really feel connected to my first child, three full months, because I was like in this like weird, I was in a toxic relationship their parent has not been around the entirety of their life at this point. That's 11 years. I was 18 years old getting to know this little human that I was not expecting in my life. And for a brief period of time, I did not want this human. If I'm being transparent, I was not prepared to be a parent. I was fucking 18 years old. And I was really- Well, and your hormones play tricks on you too. Like your postpartum is like actually really hard where you're like, you have to snap out of it almost and realize that all the emotions that you're feeling when you're like, maybe I shouldn't have done this. Maybe, you know, this is way too hard. Like I don't, you know, you're, it's a lot of it is your hormones literally plummeting after pregnancy. So, um, trying to trick your brain into getting back to normal is very hard. Like that's so validating. Yeah. (laughs) Cause I, I I see it now as like, I would imagine what I was going through was postpartum depression, but I didn't know a lot about that. I didn't have a whole lot of support with that. And looking back, I, I really do think that that's what had happened to me. Um, but my second child, that was totally different. Like I connected with this little human right away. And I think like you had talked about, it's because I had gone through so many years of becoming this parent that by the time it happened the second time, I was like, okay, I can do this. Like, I know what it's like to yeah. love another human. I'm capable of it. And, it, but, but again, there were even times when, with my second baby where I was like, I don't know if this is okay. And we had that conversation before where I was like, this baby is a product of this. And that is a conversation that is very hard to have with anybody in worldwide because for them, they, and whether they had gone through it or not, they would never tell you, they would never once try to quote pass negative downline. It's very much this consistency of toxic positivity where you are a woman and you are expected to be a specific parent, the way that, that you're seeing your upline be. And these are the Mm -hmm. really raw parts of pregnancy that like you could have with a friend like that we're having right now. You're pregnant right now. And we're having that conversation. It's fucking okay. But there it was not okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was, it was, I don't, I'll put out trigger warning now because I'm going to start talking about abortion, (laughs) but it's a hard conversation to have. Um, with people that are so ultra religious um, that you want to explore some options because you aren't ready because how the hell are you supposed to have an adoption you wouldn't be able to do an adoption in worldwide because how would no you exactly yeah um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna add this little trigger warning real quick so yeah. we kind of went through this before with the COVID vaccine so I'm going to tell you right now I'm not here to attack whatever beliefs you have okay if you're convicted in your beliefs you have whatever you want. Um, I'm speaking to people who are preaching this to an entire organization of people where they don't know all the entirety of people's backgrounds. It's very brainwashing. And this is Hope's opinion. She's speaking for herself. I'm speaking for myself. And if something we say you don't agree with, hey, I understand if you 
are that angry about it, hey, we'll catch you in the next episode. Hopefully you come back. If you don't, that's fine. But either way, I just want people to know that I don't feel that hope or anybody else should have to censor their stories because if this is real, this is raw, and this is what we went through. And I would imagine that there are probably some other people who went through this too. So with that being said, if we say something that offends you, I'm sorry, but I'm also not sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Peace and love. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I never I never considered having an abortion with my son. Like it might have like trickled into my mind, but not like as a it would have been more of an intrusive thought than it actually was something I was ever considering. Um but that's also my choice. Um so I'll make that very clear. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I, yeah. I I'm very convicted in this. Just so everybody knows, I will never ever be pro-life and if you are, you're silly. That's all I have to say. <laughs> um and that's just my opinion. So, whatever. Um <laughs> the uh but I believe that there was probably a lot of women struggling or children that maybe shouldn't have been born that were born um, because of worldwide's beliefs. And I yeah. could, could believe that there was a lot of abusive relationships um, in worldwide just because of books like Love and Respect and just the way that they treated, they just preached the patriarchy. Like that's just what it was. Yeah. Um, so I believe that there was probably a lot of situations where women had kids that they didn't want or weren't ready for because they preached they didn't directly again this is all very indirect preaching um, about being pro-life and anti-abortion they never outright had to say anything about it um, I did have conversations with my upline about it where they were very clear that they were pro-life and I was very much like you guys are not right like right. I was like, that's all I have to say. I was like, if you believe a woman can carry a full term baby with no brain, like, I think that's wrong. And I like, I think like, th there's just too much that can happen in a pregnancy, that it doesn't work for everybody. And it doesn't matter if you don't believe in it some of the time. Sometimes it is medically necessary to have an abortion. And so then you have to be pro-choice. If you go, I'm pro-life unless there's a risk to the mother then you're pro-choice like that's just what pro-choice is you you believe that women should have choice so when you're preaching something like pro-life and you go there's no exceptions to this there's absolutely no exceptions no terminating any bundle of cells in your body then you're wrong like you're just you're plain wrong because there is exceptions to that rule has to be so I, I I could fight about this like all day. Um, <laughs> again, I think there was situations where women were suffering yeah. and women weren't able to say that they were suffering because they were indirectly preaching all of this by preaching religion, which is, again, if this is your religious belief, that's your religious belief, but you have to be convicted in it. You have to know why you're saying that this is okay. Um, you can't just say, my God says. Like you I can't hated say that. that. I hated like, that statement so much. <laughs> oh, Rianne would post stuff on Instagram about being pro-life. And again, it was just like, it was when, I don't think it was when Roe v. Wade was being overturned, but it was definitely like a couple years ago, there was another big overturn of abortion in, I don't know what it was, but for some That's... reason she was posting about it. I was like, we're never, ever going to get rid of abortion. Like, just thinking that. Yeah. I love how easy it is for her to post stuff like that because mm -hmm. she is so far disconnected 
from that happening to her. And we just yeah. talked about this where I'm open about the fact that before, you know, you guys all knew me, hey, I was a horrible person. I had this very just ignorant belief and I was even pro-life at one point and I was an asshole about it. And I think what really just made me change my mind was having a child that was out of an abusive relationship. And I would be lying if I didn't say that that option crossed my mind and that it was a genuine thought and that I really was like, okay, like it's okay if I make this decision. And I think that's really when my mind totally changed, but I couldn't say it yet because I was still with my abuser. I was around my abuser and I am, I feel the same way that you do yeah. <laughs> I'm on the same page here. So, yeah. you know, it's, this is a safe space where if you do have these same beliefs, you're safe here. And if you don't, you're also safe here. Like, yeah. Hey, you're allowed to have whatever you believe you want. Just don't push it onto people. And because we're not pushing our beliefs onto you. If, if it's somebody's opinion, no, <laughs> <laughs> I just mean like, it's okay for it's, No, I think you're, you're okay to say that because that's your personal opinion. Yeah. And if you feel someone's wrong, Hey, that's your opinion. And exactly. somebody else can, ref if they want to refute that, that's up to them. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, we can accept the fact that an individual person has their opinion, whether we choose yeah. to agree with it or think they're wrong. Great. What yeah. we're having, I think what the biggest fucking issue here is, is that we're talking about these people who are speaking on such large stages. You okay. have somebody who preached about body autonomy when it came to a vaccine and then doesn't preach about body autonomy when it comes yes. to them they're contradicting themselves right it doesn't work like you can't like that's why I was like I think you're stupid for not getting the vaccine but I don't think that I should force something in your body or the government should force something into your body because if I'm going to believe in abortion I have to believe that that's true because I believe you in body autonomy that's just the rule so yeah um, no totally I love that you said that and it's true but it's but it's really ironic that that these Canadian leaders are so conservative when I was pregnant with my son I had a hell of a pregnancy I didn't have a good time so the beauty of it was I didn't have to work because I was sick so the government paid me money because I was sick um, I could stay home and be sick for as long as I was sick and then I had to go to the government and say I had my baby and then they switched my benefits to maternity benefits instead of medical leave benefits. That's why. Yeah. I didn't have to dig into any of my maternity leave before having my son. Like it was very, very luxurious. That's why they say like, when we first got pregnant, they're like, let's just work on getting hope free. Because if I got pregnant in March of 2019, I didn't go back to work until November of 2020. Yeah. So that's like a significant, I guess, enough time to build an eagle ship or something. Like that's why right. they're like, you can do this. Like I don't know what they teach you guys. Um, because I don't know what you get for leave of any kind. Um, I have a woman in my birthing class that was like, I could get six weeks disability. And <laughs> she was from Minnesota and she moved to Canada and she's not yet a citizen having a baby. And she's like, I could get six weeks disability. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, that's insane. I get 52 weeks divided between me and Fisher. Like, that's... I don't know how much time I have. Like, it sounds like three days. <laughs> I got... Okay. So with the business, yeah, I got three days to recover with my little itty bitty newborn. They had this expectation. They literally coached me to have my baby 
So I had enough time to go to family or to um, spring leadership. That was actually a conversation with my upline because my upline was going to be there when my baby was born. This was something that I fucked up. I had my upline in the room with me because I didn't, my, my ex was not allowed at the hospital. He like, everybody knew within the hospital that this person is not allowed within any proximity of the hospital. Um, And my mother was not allowed near the hospital. And, you know, my dad had to work. So it was very much like I had my roommate at the time who I really regret not having in there. Honest to God, she is an amazing person. We're still friends. But Jenny was in the room. As soon as my baby was born, she left. She had to go back to work. I was so livid. And my roommate was there with me the entire day. Like, she was incredible. But it was definitely a – because my son had to be a planned C-section. I mean, we talked about doing the whole um, VBAC, but it was not – it was getting to the point where it wasn't going to happen. My my little baby was he was happy in there. By the time they I was at forty weeks where they wanted to do it, there was no progression at all. Like he was no. he was happy and chilling. Um, but there was, yeah, I had two weeks from my job because I was a part time employee, so I didn't have maternity leave. How um, did you do that? Like, so just to ask, like. Did you do childcare or like how did that? I worked from home, thankfully. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. So I, I had um, two jobs at that point and um, no, that's a lie. I had three jobs and I was a part-time employee for every single one of them. And I had, thankfully, this C-section was so much, thankfully, easier than my first one. I don't know if that's a situation for everybody. So if that was not you, I'm so sorry. But for me, I was able to get up and walk that same day. I was not in a whole lot of pain. It was a fucking miracle and a blessing. And that's one of those things where I feel like the universe was on my side here because I was a single mom. I had an older child and then I had this baby. So I was okay to be back at work after two weeks. Um, But it was hard, you know, because with my first one, I had him in childcare. But then he was also homeschooled at the time too. So I was homeschooling him. I was doing work. And I had my little baby. So it was a lot. Oh, man. That's, that's very tiring. It sounds Plus like. Worldwide. Plus, Plus worldwide. Plus, I was. Yeah. The entirety of my pregnancy, I did DoorDash. And I took my son with me, or Postmates, whichever. I was doing the apps. Plus oh, my job. Yeah. yeah. And so I took my son with me. And, like, we were just talking about this, where he had a good, he remembers it positively because okay. he would get, like, free pizza sometimes, or most of the places would give him free something because they were like, oh, he's so cute. And they would do that to a lot of kids. And um, so he thinks of it very positively. But looking back, I'm like, I really did this just to scrape by for worldwide because I yeah. did not have enough money even with three fucking jobs. If I didn't have a ditto to pay for a fucking function, I would have had plenty of money and I wouldn't have had to do that, let alone yeah. have more than two jobs. And it was hard. Um, but oh, yeah. that's another thing that I think about with Worldwide. With my first child, I didn't have to work, thankfully. And that was because for the first six months, I was with my ex who was military at the time. And they gave him um, paternity leave for a brief period of time. And there was enough money to where I could stay home and not have to work. Um, and then when I left him, I did have to go back to my toxic-ass mom. And she didn't force me to. Eventually she did though. Eventually she was like, you need to get a fucking job. You're the worst child, blah, blah, blah. So I did. And um, that's one thing that I can say was different with worldwide. I didn't look at childcare the way that I did when I was in worldwide. They Mm. very much preach this childcare is the worst. Do I have bad childcare stories? Yes, I do. I have one 
who we went to for a brief period of time and she's in prison now. She was giving kids melatonin and she was leaving to go tanning. My son was there during that time. If you guys are curious and want to look her up, her name is January Netherland and she's from Bend, Oregon. You guys can look it up. It's all public information. The other one got ran out of town because she was scamming people and was allegedly abusing kids. My kid came to me and told me that he was getting spanked by her and I made a report immediately. And of course, everybody covered it up. But that lady, I want to do a whole deep dive into her. This woman is on her fourth name change and Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some shit oh, with this man. woman. But with that being said, I know that there are some pretty horrendous things, but it's not as common as you guys think. Like, there are some amazing child cares that your kids can go to. And if you're a single parent and that is your option, no one should shame you into making that choice. No one should shame you for sending your kids to school if that's what you want to do. If you want to be a stay-at-home mom, if you want to homeschool your kids, do it. Like, yeah. I am for whatever you want to do that makes you comfortable and yeah. if that means that you love your daycare provider, my parents loved theirs. My parents' daycare provider, they loved her. That was like a second parent to the kids. They yeah. didn't forget who their parents were. They're still closer to their parents than ever. Unlike the fact that these yeah. fucking people, I remember, um, what do I call them? I forgot what their their um, pseudonyms are, but they're my emeralds. They are the bald guy and his wife, and they were accountants, CPAs, or whatever. And they were applying to the club owner. Okay, if you know, you know. They would always tell a story about her. She would say, I had to mark on my um, child care form that they were going to lie and say that my kid didn't take his first step. Obviously, you guys know now that I have been to a number of daycares. I have interviewed a number of daycares. And I have seen a lot of fucking forms. And let me tell you, that was never on a single fucking one of them. No one was like, oh, we're going to lie to you to tell you about their first steps. They'll tell you. In fact, I have a child care provider who's so excited to tell me about something my son had done. I was not the least bit sad that I didn't see it for the first time because yeah. he kept doing it. Like, it's fucked up the way that they brainwash you into this shit and they use they your do. children against you. And you know what the funny part is? It's like, again, it's it, Canada's very different. Alberta specifically um, actually just implemented $10 a day child care. So it's only 10 bucks a day to pay your kid in child care. So I get um it's 895 dollars a month for my day home but i get 300 off and 266 from the government so it's only like 330 bucks a month for me to put my kid in a day home and then i also get child tax from the canadian government for 314 dollars that covers that other part so child care is basically free here <laughs> so i can basically i can just work and they they tried to tell me they're like it's $1,200 a month out of pocket. And I was like, mm, still, I don't know. I can make more than $1,200 a month going back to work though. Like yeah. I, I, even if I had to pay fully out of pocket, I'm making more money now than I was ever on maternity leave. <laughs> they well, made that's your, sense for me to go back to work. That's your ditto. <laughs> yeah. That was a whole yeah. fucking ditto payment. That's what they were thinking of, which is really yeah. interesting because they're, they really would. They would use pregnancy. They would use parenthood. And I feel like the way that they talked about parenthood in general is really frustrating because yeah. there's there's this whole glamorization of being a stay-at-home mom. And I don't like that stereotype because as a stay-at-home mother, there are times where it's really hard and they don't mention 
staying at home with neurodivergent children, Mm -hmm. except I guess now uh, the club owner and his wife are using that as their quote sob story that their oldest child is autistic and apparently it's the worst thing that's ever fucking happened to them and they got to drive two hours to send their kid to school. It's all bullshit. I will continue to say that because Arizona, surprisingly enough, has even more social programs for kids with disabilities than Oregon. I was Mm -hmm. shocked by that, but they do. In fact, it doesn't matter what your income is as long as your child does not have um, anything in their name with over, I think it's $2,000. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter their income. They could be fucking diamonds getting their fucking worldwide money and Amway money. And as long as their child qualifies, their kid's healthcare is free, 100% free. It covers everything from their therapies that they need. And even if they don't have this insurance, every single um, developmental preschool is free. And there's also a lot of different scholarships for kids with disabilities that'll pay for their, maybe like an autism specific school. There's a lot of resources available here and they have the audacity to use it as a fucking sob story to build the business. No, (laughs) absolutely not. so wrong I, I i feel for that kid like imagine hearing that later yeah. it's like i mean it depends i guess how severely like because autism is such a spectrum right right yeah um, but, but it's, if it's functioning it's enough like he he's gonna hear that story or she i can't remember what they had it was a boy it was a boy yeah. then yeah they hear that story and they go um why did my mom and dad say that about me growing exactly. up like that's really uncool like and he yeah. such a platform yeah like, it so hurt funny. me so fuck I was so angry the first time I heard that I went on a huge fucking tangent more than I just did now because yeah. I'm in their same state I know what they have available to them and for them to use that and I'm sure they're preying upon other parents like a mm-hmm. single mom with an autistic child I'm sure will hear like making extra money and being home with their child da, 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 right like it sounds fantastic, but it's just preying upon them and it's going to squeeze them of their resources that they already have. Yeah. Um, but but they they do, they glamorize parenthood and there's no real discussion of what is it like to stay home with your child? Or what is it like to stay home with a neurodivergent child? Because mm-hmm. having a child with neurodivergence can have its moments of very difficult times. But again, you can't talk to your upline about it. And that was a thing that I struggled with because my child was severely ADHD severely this kid cannot function off his medication and I'm okay to say that because he's my little buddy he's my bestie he's my everything and he knows it too he's very self-aware we always talk about self-awareness here um but they would always discourage medication the club owner was one of those people who would discourage medication and how neurodivergence wasn't a thing um ironic now but you know, that was a hard thing as I could never go to my upline and say, my son's just having a really challenging day because it was never, you know, you should take him to therapy. Maybe you should go see if there's any additional things that, you know, could, he could need things like that. I was, I was never allowed to have that conversation. It's like, oh, your son's fine. Oh, the system's just trying to tell you this. It's like, no, my son has severe ADHD and there's an actual thing of where kids with ADHD can have meltdowns very similarly to children with autism like they have so many like it's like a Venn diagram there are things that they have in common there's a lot of differences but there are commonalities still like um a neurodivergent type thing it's like bipolar and BPD as far as I know like they have overlaps just as much as ADHD and autism 
Yeah, absolutely. But there was never like that, that conversation. So I'd have really hard times with my son and just think that this is the norm that Mm. my upline goes through this with their kids too. They just don't tell me, but it's like, maybe they didn't know. Maybe their kid wasn't neurodivergent the same as mine. And if you don't have a child like mine, you don't have a right to tell me, (laughs) you know what I mean? That's the hard part about being pregnant or being a parent and having worldwide as your quote parents as your everything because they totally try to shift the way that you view things and you don't actually have support the way that they want to say you do yeah exactly like they um I don't I think my son's pretty normal I think he's just three like (laughs) with a lot of the ways that he behaves um but he's most likely neurodivergent of some kind because Fisher and I are so there's a pretty high chance that he is um and I see it sometimes he really lacks patience he's really go 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 and he's been like that since he was a baby so like there was a lot of when I first had him and he would get understimulated very easily and I wasn't under like I just kept having to like show him new things and then put him in his extra saucer because I was like I don't have anything else except for these toys in this extra saucer now like you know, and he wouldn't stay in one spot. He's never sat down and watched a movie, <laughs> you know, like just a very busy kid. Like he's just a busy, busy boy. Yeah. And, um, but I couldn't wait to go back to work. I remember being very like, at first I didn't want to go back. Like I was like, oh, maybe I should stay home. And then the pandemic happened. So I was cooped inside with a baby who was very busy. Um, and then the option, like, I remember Fisher and I talked because I had the option to go back to Aurora. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go back to Aurora. Like, I don't really think it's something I should be doing. Um, and then talked about it. And he's like, no, I think this is a good career move for you. Because I was like, going to go back to waitressing. Because um, there was more money at the time. But again, waitressing was so like... Um, I don't know, flip-floppy because of the pandemic. So we didn't know if restaurants were closing again or like what was going to happen. So I ended up going back to Aurora and it was the best job I've ever had. Like I was super glad to go back. And there's been like some studies done that working is not bad for your kids. Like it's not a bad thing to do for them to have a working mother. Like it's okay to go out there and work. And I found because my kid wasn't socialized properly in the first year of his life because of the pandemic I was looking more forward to putting him into daycare because I was like I need you to go be around other kids and learn how to be around other kids and I also don't know everything as a mother I was okay to say I don't know I don't have all the resources these people that run the day home may have more resources and they'll be able to keep you a little bit happier and busier than I can like I was okay to say that I wasn't the parent to you know create um stimulus bags and like you know drawing all the time like I just you know that stuff didn't come very naturally to me and I felt like he deserved that yeah so uh that's why I keep him in childcare is because I feel like that socialization and those play times are very important yeah so absolutely and that's amazing and you're right you're absolutely right and hey I'm not a Pinterest mom either I try my best like (laughs) I, I kind of, I have to be, <laughs> I don't have a choice. It sucks. Like yeah. I say that, but it's a good thing. You know, my son has a number of therapies that are going to be helpful for, helpful for him. And he, they both the kids get socialized. So we have sports yeah. and all the fun shit, 
<laughs> you know, I think that you're right. And when we can look to, and, and that's the best thing about being outside of worldwide is being able to acknowledge that there's a wealth of knowledge fucking everywhere that I don't yeah. just have to go and rely on my upline who honest to God, don't know shit. They don't mm -hmm. know anything that I need. And I like, I could not go to my upline and get advice as far as being a parent of an autistic child. There's no fucking way. Even if they were themselves, there is no transparency where I can get that information. I don't even know if they believe you. Like, I'm like, wouldn't. I know that, like, that's something controversial to say, but they it's would true. be like, oh, it's just a boy. He's just a boy. Yep. Just it's a boy thing. You know? Yeah. Like, I hate that. Young. Like, because I get that a lot with my kid, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's neurodivergent. I don't think he's autistic yet. I, he might be. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But I definitely know he's different because I can see in the way he interacts and stuff. I'm like, you're, you're built a little different. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Um, but he, I don't think I'd be comfortable talking to anybody in Worldwide about that. No, ever. not at all. And that's the hard part because Worldwide, I think really, it was, it wasn't until I was out of Worldwide for two years when my, my baby was going on a year old, when I finally really was out long enough to stop being brainwashed. Cause I went in with a level of brainwashing on my own which they kind of actually reversed some of it, which is fantastic. I was really happy about it. But then there's other things that they, they brainwashed me in other ways. It is, it's incredible. But when you come, when you're talking about a place like worldwide, there's probably so many children, kind of the same way that you were talking about their children who probably should not have been born because yeah. the moms really didn't want this. They wanted an option that could keep them with who they are and what they were comfortable with. Right. I think that there's yeah. also a lot of children who are lacking in resources because their parents are so against these labels which is bullshit. And then we have people like like the winds who are making it sound like it's the worst thing in the world to have a neurodivergent child. It's a blessing if I'm being honest. So like uh, you can be in denial about yourself, but your kids are going to show you yes. that something is there for sure. So like even Nolan and Rianne, like Rianne would always say that Nolan was dyslexic and was told he had ADHD when he was growing up, but these are just labels that schools try to put on you and whatever and then she's like oh my daughter's crazy <laughs> she's like so busy like they can't get her to stop and I'm like that's because she's probably neurodivergent just like Nolan like that's probably what is happening and you don't know you won't put a label on it and you won't help her in the way that she needs to be helped um yes. which is very very important because then you end up in situations with people who are undiagnosed who get into bad stuff because they need a hit of dopamine yeah um, because their body doesn't produce it naturally exactly um, which was my big thing being pregnant <laughs> like I said at the beginning was like I was masking a lot of my mental health stuff with drugs and alcohol that I didn't realize was happening I remember saying I was like I love alcohol because it makes my brain stop yeah. And I and I didn't know what that meant, but I was like, it just my thoughts don't go like they usually go. Like, you know. Yeah. And it, it was and like how much I like energy drinks and like all these things that were just like super big clues that I can't have when I'm pregnant. Right. Like very like I'm not even medicated right now, but that's my own personal choice. I talked to yeah. my midwife, she's like, You can go on back on this medication. And I was like, No. I was like, yeah. this is just my personal thing. I just, I know what I'm comfortable with being pregnant, what I'm not. Of course, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I'm not comfortable with an off-brand meth um, <laughs> while I'm pregnant. 
Um, right, right. We'll get back on I it. If I can't when have alcohol, I'm definitely not having that. So right, right. <laughs> my personal opinion. Um, but a lot of things are different this time too with being pregnant. Is like, um, I lay down a lot more, guilt free. Yay. <laughs> um, you know, I I don't have to go out every day. Um, and prospect. Um, I don't have to be pressured into doing things a different way. Like, I I I was slightly pressured into a natural birth uh, that ended in a C-section, and I was not. I wouldn't say shamed, but I definitely was like, oh, that sucks. Like, sorry, you had a C-section. Like, whatever. <laughs> um, right. But this time, I am going to attempt the VBAC. Um, for sure. I have some conditions on it, like. If I go over like 41 weeks and I'm probably like, mm, just get, get a baby out. Like, that's okay. Right. Um, but yeah, very like, um, conditional stuff, but a lot of it is just my own choice now, which yeah. it feels like I don't have to run it by anybody. I can just say, this is what I, well, I have to run it by Fisher. So he doesn't think I'm going <laughs> to die, but, um, right, right. I have to like, um, there's a lot of things that are just my choice now. You know, I can yeah. eat deli meat because I want to eat deli meat and not have people stare at me. You know, like I I just am doing stuff a lot differently now. Like, um, I don't want to say I care less <laughs> because it's like there's certain things that you're not supposed to do while you're pregnant that I'm doing um because I'm comfortable with it. The deli meat. <laughs> because, yeah, like I'm definitely I'm eating Subway. I don't care. Like <laughs> it doesn't bug me. Right. Um, I've jumped on a trampoline. You're not supposed to do that. Almost peed my pants, but like <laughs> you should uh, avoid that for that reason. But you're not supposed to do it because your placenta can detach or something. But again, these risks are like super low. So yeah. I'm like, I'm just it's like I'm not consulting with a doctor. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I went on an amusement park ride with my kid. Like, I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> it's like, I really think I'm okay. Like, it wasn't like a roller coaster, it was like a small. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, and there's no judgment. Whatever. Yeah. And I'm doing whatever I want this time. Right. Um, and it feels I'm, I'm a lot more free, you know. And the thing is about like not having drugs or alcohol this time is a lot easier because yeah. I didn't want to, if that makes sense. It does. There's a lot less of a want um, now because it's like I planned on quitting smoking because I unfortunately started smoking after having my son <laughs> again so, it's probably its fault <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was a silly goofy move on my end because I was free from the nicotine addiction and I started again but when I quit this time I was like it was way easier because I had a plan to do it anyway it was just yeah. like I don't want to be 30 and smoking and like you know because yeah start to like hurt me <laughs> I don't want to do that <laughs> Once um, you get 30, it's crazy how that mentality happens. I just turned 30 and I'm like, oh my God, this is going to kill me. Yeah, like, okay, I got SPF on my face every day. I got yes. to be careful of how much Red Bull I'm drinking. Like, you Yeah, know? it's <laughs> hard to like, think about shit. It's stupid. But, I but no, I love all these things that you're saying because yeah. in worldwide, they, they make you feel like you're an individual, but you're not. You're a, you have to be a part of their cookie cutter system. And if I'm being honest, the idea of having a child within worldwide and being in worldwide is scary yeah. because when you leave, you really start to realize the situations that you could have put your children in. 
And I, especially having boys, I think that yeah. having boys and being a part of a, a organization like worldwide is scary. I already have that struggle of like, I don't want my children to be anything like their biological father. However, I also don't want them to be like my upline. I don't yeah. want this misogynistic view. I have a responsibility to ensure that my kids don't grow up as abusers, that they understand consent, that they understand um, not just consent for other people, but consent for themselves, that they have a choice the same way mm -hmm. that every mm -hmm. single person does. And with worldwide, there's, there's a lot of toxic masculinity. Like it was a yes. very, like, you have to be this way. You're the man. Like, yep. and I definitely don't want my son to feel ashamed. Like, my he is such a sweetheart like in the way that he talks like he watches miss miss rachel and he's like i want to watch the one about my emotions like he's like Aww. so sweet and it's like um if i say like oh i don't think i can do that he goes you can do it mommy you can like you can do it and i'm like you're yes. the best man like <laughs> you know i never try to like shame him or anything for being yeah or I just ask him, I'm like, do you want to continue being sad or do you want to start being happy? Like, and just working through those emotions and not being like, man up, you know? Yeah. I mean? Oh my God. Right. I, I feel, I don't know how much, like what parenting was like in world, like, cause I left, but yeah, I have a feeling it's hard. Great. Yeah. No, <laughs> as, as I was in for three years and I, thankfully my son doesn't remember a lot of it, which I'm. I'm happy for, but I think it might be a trauma response because he was old. He was pretty old. But then again, his life really started when his little brother was born. So like life before then barely existed. Yeah. Um, but it's it was hard because you had a lot of these people who were doing things that they, they made you want to do that. Yeah. And those were things I didn't want to do. My son was in daycare and I was okay with that. By the time my son finally finished daycare, and I had already wanted to homeschool him anyways. That was something that I always wanted because of the struggles that we had in daycare. My son had always, like, it It sucks when you are in these environments where they're not equipped to deal with children with ADHD. And I know that there's a lot of fantastic places in the school system. So please understand, this is not me, like, trashing the school system. Um, but I didn't want my son to fall through the cracks. I was already kind of traumatized with this. I don't want to do this to him. I don't want, but I also don't want to have, like, it was very much like I didn't want other kids to struggle. I didn't want the teacher to struggle. I just wanted to be able to do with him what, what he needed and, and really individualize yeah. things for him. But it was also like, I kind of felt like me saying all of that, it got to the point where that's what they wanted me to say. But that's what I always wanted to do anyways. But, but I did do a religious program while I was in Worldwide. A lot of it was because my sister did it too. And I needed someone to talk with. We yeah. stopped doing that curriculum. <laughs> My son is with a with a school. He does online school. He has a teacher. He goes on campus. He has other students. He's like school, just virtual, because that's yeah. what works for him. And um, it, it was it was hard being a part of Rob Biden being a mom because I, I was also a single mom. And one thing that my dad has always praised me on that I've I, I never really understood until I got out of Worldwide was he would always say you're really good at being the mom and the dad because like we talked about, I didn't have that nurturing phone because I didn't have a nurturing fucking mother. Like my mother yeah. is, I don't even talk to her. Like she's, she was the person who hurt me the most in my life. So it was hard for me to have this idea of motherhood. Mm -hmm. But in worldwide, I wasn't allowed to be mom and dad. I just had to be mom. And I had to be like these other moms, especially not the fucking moms. I curse like a motherfucker. I listen to music that 
maybe they probably wouldn't let their fucking kid listen to. I made this poor kid listen to Christian music, which he doesn't even like. This kid, you guys, I'm really excited. He's listening to like early 2000s R&B music. He's been requesting. Nice. He's That's been requesting. Ever made. Yes, he's been <laughs> requesting the song Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. Nice. Rest in peace. He's every day. Like, yeah. and and he listens to the clean version of like the he calls it the mom spaghetti song but it's you know everybody knows the Eminem song he listens yeah. to the clean version he fucking loves that song like I feel like worldwide made me feel like I had to shelter my kid from so many fucking different things that on a normal basis I wouldn't we have the body autonomy conversations he knows the names of body organs that in worldwide they would have oh my god I can't believe you're saying that word in front of your child like mm. all of these different conservative beliefs that they force I'm so grateful that I don't have them anymore yeah. And there really was a pressure to carry, like I said before, carry yourself the way that your upline does. And um, I was fucking tired of that. So I'm glad to be out of it. And it was all just so fucking bad. Like, if you guys are listening to this, please understand this organization is that fucking bad. It is. And if you're still in it, get the fuck out. Yeah. Respectfully, get the fuck out. Yeah. It's, um, Again, this pregnancy is way different. I have a lot more sense of self, yeah, a lot more understanding of what I need and what I want. Um, I wasn't scared this time because I, you know, it's funny because the first time you get pregnant, you're like, this is never gonna end. My life is always this way. And then I have to push the baby out, which is very scary to think about yeah. <laughs> while you're pregnant. Oh, yeah. And then you have to deal with postpartum, which is something you don't know. And then you have to deal with a human that you don't know and a body you don't understand because it looks so different. And this is another hot topic about worldwide that we could potentially go into. I know we're probably coming up on a lot of time here, but um, the way that they sexualize women is really yes. hard um, to be a pregnant woman. Yes. Uh, just oh for that God, reason yes. alone. I, not... I don't know if this is just a worldwide specific thing. I feel like we live in a, a society where the only part of us that isn't sexualized is from the neck up. Um, the rest of it is the neck down is a sexualized be uh, organ. So when you yeah. have things like giving birth and, you know, all the gross stuff that comes with giving birth and breastfeeding, all those parts of you are so sexualized that it's hard to think about them ever being damaged. In a sense, yeah. you hear all these like stories about, you know, I had a fourth degree tear or I had a third degree tear and, you know, very scary things that you're like, did you ever look normal down there again? You know what I mean? And then yeah, oh yeah. there's things like the husband stitch. I don't know if you know what that oh, is. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like there's a lot when it comes to our bodies that um, mentally they barely belong to us because we don't feel like they do anything else other than give men pleasure. That's all 1, we feel. Thousand percent. You are so, so right. The the absolutely. And I I'll I'll that was a really hard time. part about being in worldwide. Like because they sexualized mm -hmm. us so much, they they made us feel like we only had one purpose and that was to serve our husband. And yep. if you didn't have the, you know, six weeks you can't have sex, like what is he gonna do? Yeah, like, they would talk about that shit. Yeah. Well, they talk about it in I don't know if they talk about it in love and respect, but they definitely talk about it in other biblical books where they yeah. talk about, you know pleasuring your husband in other ways while you're directly postpartum because he's yep. suffering like, oh even the upline say that shit yeah like it's... i've 
It's so interesting too, because I feel like you're right. This is a whole different conversation, I know. but no, I think you're yeah. right. And, and the way that, that they, they body shame women, if they don't look the specific way that their upline does when all of your upline, let's be real, they're all getting plastic surgery because oh. they can afford it now. And it really is just the worst thing to be a woman and to be in worldwide. And, and I really, truly from the bottom of my soul, think if you're still in, please get the fuck out because yeah you are only harming yourself. And if, and like you said, hope the, like the worst thing is you're going to come out with, or the, the least you will come out with is financial struggle. Yeah. The most that can happen is you are going to harm yourself, your relationships, or even your children. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a very messy um, place to be. I'm so glad I got out when I did. I literally found a note on my phone of me going to Jane, my upline for a counsel and going and my notes literally say love and respect and depression so I went to her literally a month postpartum saying something's wrong with my head like it's not yeah I'm not okay I have to go on antidepressants now and she went no you don't read this book <laughs> right? and then it was also the time that I went and said love and respect is a very evil book and I want you to stop telling women to read it and she was like, it's only bad if you're being abused. And I was like, you don't know that, though. Like, right, you don't know who you're giving it to. You don't know was who's abusive. January, January 2020. I went to her and I was like, these are a couple of things. And that was the last time I ever spoke to her. Wow. Yeah. And that was right after you had your baby. Yeah, it was a month and after this, I had my kids. It all comes full circle, you guys. This whole pregnancy shit. Like, pregnancy can be great. And it sounds like it's better outside of worldwide. But you guys, please understand that worldwide is 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 really doing these things, and it's not just worldwide. It's worldwide, it's LTD, it's it's any lines of affiliation with Amway. It could be other MLMs. I haven't been a part of those, but Amway specifically is doing this shit. So, yeah. yes, Amway is very patriarchal. Um, yep. I won't say that all men are like this. I don't believe all men are um, believe in misogyny. I don't think that that's a thing. Um, I just think we need to hold men to a higher standard and you know we need to hold them accountable and I think the same thing for women too so that's just my personal beliefs but I think that if you're a man that believes in the patriarchy um and believes that men are better than women that you're a bad man yeah no you don't um yeah we can coexist with men just don't be a fucking idiot like don't be an abusive piece of shit don't be stupid like i will gladly say all of that and my significant other hears it all the time because you know what he's not and neither is your husband and most of the men who've come on here who've taken accountability for how they were were in worldwide we appreciate you but you guys we have been on here for so long hope carrying a human we gotta let her go to bed because it's late right now but um, I really appreciate you for coming back and having such a vulnerable yeah. conversation. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited. We'll definitely get you guys a part two or even just maybe like an adjacent because it's going to end up being a lot of other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you guys want to be like Hope and come have a conversation with us, uh, please DM me on Instagram at xsnt.podcast. Same goes for TikTok. You guys can find me anywhere where podcasts are heard and we will catch you guys on the next episode. Beep. Beep.